0: Hey, and welcome back to another exciting an episode of Extra Features Interview. Today is the first interview of 2024. Let everybody know. Today, my fabulous guest is Ryan Hendrick, and it's still with Mercy Pauls. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Happy New, New Year. So, that.
0: i want to start <laughs> at the beginning. Did you start writing this first, or did you have your
1: location first? Um, I started writing this first. Should, with the, the previous film uh, and the last couple of films, uh, it was the opposite way around. I kind of tried to be sensible and write with what I knew I had access to, but this time I just went a bit off the leash and just let the imagination go and then go, right, now we've got to find that. Now we've got to find a waterfall and a cave and all these other locations and then figure out how we get 40 people to them and all this kit,
0: <laughs> so okay. it, was a, it was a
1: challenging film to make.
0: <laughs> I want to start right there then. You have a have a writing right. partner. I've noticed. So I don't know how much yes. this person wrote of the film. So where is this location? It is beautiful
1: wherever it is. Oh, it's all over the place. Um, oh, it's not like one that. place. Oh no 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 no. Um, we were all we were all over Scotland making this film. We were um, we were up in. A uh, little place um, near on the side of Loch Tay, which is up in sort of Perthshire. Um, we were sort of on the outskirts of Glasgow, more central Scotland. Uh, yeah, we were. Yeah, we were kind of moving around all the time, so we had this sort of unit, sort of constantly having to move. Um, and some locations are more rural than others. <laughs> okay, so let's back so. The opening
0: shot, where I got the park. I think it's a park or wherever. It's a big mountain side. And then there's mm. a bar. You do have a bar scene there. Is that the same place?
1: Or is that no, from there? To- totally different. The hotel where all the bar stuff is, is on the side of Little Lomond. And the opening title shot is, um, where did we take that? We took that in the Aberfoyle and the Trossachs, So it's about maybe 20 miles away from that location. Okay. But, you know, the, the, a lot of the drone stuff, uh, if it was just scenery stuff, that we kind of did a lot of that later on when we kind of knew kind of more more how the film was kind of coming together. Because um, when you're – we had some drone filming going on whilst we were filming the actual scenes, but you're always up against it, so you, you're quite restrictive in what you can do. You can't suddenly take your actors off away from the main crew for half a day and – do all this drone filming. So we had to kind of, we did certain things at the time and then knowing that we'd have to kind of go out further and get more impressive stuff.
0: Okay. So the waterfall and the cabin obviously aren't near each other, which I didn't think they were. I wasn't worried about that. So how did you find (laughs) a cave? Did somebody let you in on this cave? I mean, I live in Ontario. There's plenty of caves, but I don't know where they are.
1: It, It was quite problematic. Um, I had envisaged using a particular cave on an island, uh, on the Isle of Mull, which I had visited years before. And it's a tidal cave and I'd written it for this, this particular place. And it's like, you, you, and it's quite a hike. And for, um, it's about maybe a two mile hike from where you leave the farm road. Um, so it was a wee bit unrealistic. and But we tried to do it. And we went there on a wreck and we took the help from safety people with us. And we got about halfway there. And, uh, they turned and went, no. <laughs> Come up with a new plan. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Uh, so like a bunch of us had gone to this island specifically to wreck you this cave and we couldn't even get to it. Um, so I had to kind of just start researching. I called, we've got quite, we've got different film offices in different regions in Scotland, um, for each sort of council region. So I basically started calling them up, um, and asking what they had and, looked at a lot of things online, um, tourist spots and whatnot, and I went and looked at a bunch of them. And, yeah, what someone suggested this particular cave. And this cave was still quite hard to access, but it was the best option. Um, it was on the side of a lock um, above a farmer's field, so you had to kind of, we put all our units and stuff in, uh, down by the roadside in this farmer's field. And then it was about, maybe about 100 feet up a sort of steep climb um and we had to get quad bikes and to kind of take all the gear oh, wow. up there and stuff and that didn't always that was tricky as well with the the, the, the rain and the time in the year. But um interestingly um that cave was previously used um in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh really? And yeah, the cave of the giant killer rabbit. or I was about something. to say, the rabbit um, scene. You
0: took it was my next <laughs> question. It's, it's
1: got to be. One, two, four. Yeah. Well, here's the funny thing. Uh When we got the art department spent so much time clearing out the cave, because obviously fans of Monty Python come from all over the world to go look at this cave. Wow. And they leave behind uh, souvenirs. So they leave behind all these fluffy rabbits that are bl- covered in blood and severed arms and Things they've put in little holes in the cave, and we were finding these things everywhere. And they, so we had to clear all of this out um, just to, for our purposes. And then we had to come back for a pickup shot um, about a month later, and some and more people had visited and left more bloody rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to clear it out again. Um, but yeah, it was, that was that, that was kind of interesting. But that was technically that that cave was an old Victorian mine. So there was big holes in the roof of this cave. It's a huge cave. But because we're, it's all meant to be set at night and it's all meant to be about um, going into the depths of this cave, uh, we had to actually shoot it for real at night because we couldn't fake it during the day because the light's coming in everywhere and you could tell it was daylight. With the other caves we looked at, you go round the first corner when you once you go into this big, massive cave and it's darkness, you couldn't see the daylight. Um, so yeah... That was tricky, so we had to kind of access that cave, but we also had to do, you know, four days of night shoots. Ouch. (laughs) Which wasn't fun.
0: Yeah, I want to move into costuming next. I Did the people bring their own costume, or did you give them clothes? Because they all look like they fit well. It looks like something they would wear.
1: Yeah, no, we were very lucky this time around Where. Yeah, we, we, we had, um, a costume designer on board who basically, um, designed all our costumes and come up with oh, suggestions wow. and, um, and, uh, it was kinda, uh, she kind of, she to got the, the, the raw end of the deal really, cause, um, uh, we had hired somebody else, um, who got offered Good Omen Series 2, uh, who, uh, five days before we started filming. <laughs> so this other, this other person went, I don't blame her. Um, and we had to kind of, uh so we brought in Miriam um very last minute and she kind of had to, you know, quickly uh look at what the previous person had thought about and, you know, do her own thing and, you know, somehow make it work. Um And that was tricky because, you know, the co- the characters go through all sorts of stuff. So you get costumes that go through various wear and tear, they're wet, they're covered in blood, they're ripped or whatever. And then, you know, and you don't film, you don't shoot in order. So... She had to have all these copies, um, pre-made. So you'd have one version of the caution, which was already ready and bloodstained and cut and whatnot. Um, or ones that could be, that could be cut on camera or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, that, that was kind of a a full on, um, job in itself. Um, so yeah, no, no, no. They did not bring their own stuff. They were, they were carefully provided. Um, I forgot to ask about (laughs) the cabin.
0: You don't really show me a lot of the cabin. So I want to know why. You kind of keep me on the outside, and I forgot to ask: what am I missing on the inside?
1: Oh, right. Um, well, that's as big as it was. I mean, oh, that is okay, because I thought it might be a huge <laughs> place, and you were just not showing <laughs> oh. me it. No, there was a tiny. There was, there was two tiny bedrooms. Like if you're in that main room where the camera pans in in that first yes. shot, you seen three other doors. Yes, uh, two of them are tiny bedrooms. Okay. I mean, literally, you don't open the door and have to crawl over the bed. There's no room to walk around it. Um, and then the one at the back is a, a toilet that isn't plumbed in. No. Which is what I was, when I, were, I was sitting with the script supervisor with the door shut with, on the monitor so we could see what was going on. It was that small. So we, we were, the crew were, we were all hiding in nooks and crannies to keep out the way. So yeah, they sat me in the toilet for that, for those uh, three days. <laughs> Okay, I want to go back to the
0: costume. For the backpacks, are they really mm. filled with stuff or are they empty? It looked like it had stuff in it to me, but I couldn't tell you for sure.
1: I think it did. I think they did. Yeah, they were certainly padded out. Um, I couldn't tell you what was in it. I mean, some of the actors were, you know, you know, would would kind of put their own stuff in it to kind of add, you know, this is what my character would have. So I'm pretty sure one of them had a a, a, a bunny hot water bottle in it. <laughs> ah. Um, but uh, but uh, you know Carla's backpack had loads of stuff in it because uh, it was all props so she had like that the axe in the back of it and had rope in it and all that kind of stuff um, but yeah but I don't think they were weighted down so that it was uh, tricky for them to operate but it certainly was you know filled with lighter stuff to make it look like they weren't empty
0: so I gotta ask what challenges you have filming in a forest I mean you're doing a lot of full body shots and a lot of close ups a lot of Mm. medium shots, and a lot of pan shots. I mean, you are really mixing up your shooting style. And I was trying to figure out, going, you must be moving a lot.
1: Yeah. um, Well, I suppose the biggest challenge really is just uh, the the elements, the weather conditions. So, you know, we chose to film in March, not, you know, a slightly risky time of year, but it kind of worked for us. I think we only really had, I mean, don't get me wrong, it rained a bit. But, um, I think there was only really one day where the weather was kind of interfering. Uh, I mean, that's, I think it's, if it's raining consistently, it's fine. What you don't want is the rain to keep stopping and starting because then your continuity gets screwed. So you kind of just want the condition to remain as is for the duration of the day. Um, uh, but no, it, it was, I don't, I don't think, um, I think access on a couple of locations was tricky, but we, but for the most part, we were kind of, Trying to pick locations that we could access easily. I mean, a lot of the forest is actually someone's private land. Um, and like this estate, this guy lives in this, um, ma- this big mansion, um, with all these, uh, you know, all the, this massive garden in the state. So there's like a couple of forests in, the, in, in his land. So we were luckily able just to kind of drive along his driveway to the point that we were using in the forest and just, and just go in. So and it doesn't look like it's someone's back garden, effectively. Um, it's kind of a doesn't quite give it justice, but that's effectively what it was. It was a it wasn't. We didn't have um, lots of hikers walking by all the time and interrupting, shooting. Oh, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, no, it was. It was. Yeah, I think that side of it was pretty straightforward. The biggest challenge was figuring out where to put the toilets. Yes, that would be a problem. Yeah. Can no. I- <laughs> there's a
0: scene early on where people... Uh, there's a beer spilling scene. I don't think I'm ruining anything. No. How many takes of the beer spilling scene did you have to do? Oh, God, yeah. Uh,
1: a few. We had to do a few of that, cause just to make it look not staged and uh, like it was an accident or, you know, that kind of... From from a, a staging perspective, whether or not he did it on purpose, I'm not too sure, but, um, but yeah, that was tricky. So you'd have to do it, and then she'd have to go and they'd have to dry it. They'd have to dry it out and send her back, and you'd have to change it So I think she only had a three, maybe three tops um, that we could do it to, because once you've stained it, you've kind of stained it. Exactly. So, so we had to be kind of cautious about at what point do we do do we do that in the in the in the day. Um, but yeah, we had to have a couple of goes at it. Which <laughs> <laughs> poor Layla.
0: Okay. This is a strange question, but I like to ask them. Now, each actor is drinking beer through two scenes. Mm. There's that scene and there's a scene in the forest later on. Who chooses their beer? Did you choose it for them or was it actor's choice?
1: The art director chooses that and literally it would have been apple juice or cold tea. So that's <laughs> what
0: we're using as beer? Because it looked good. With the spill, I'm like, that looks like pretty good. It must have been a thick apple yeah. juice
1: thing. It looked good to yeah. me. Yeah. It may have been, unless, uh, at most, I, mean, this like, I don't know the answer to that. It may have been non-alcoholic beer, possibly, but um, okay. but but since it had to be refilled, knowingly, it was probably apple juice because apple juice is cheap. <laughs> yeah, need it's to refill very it thick apple here. juice said. Uh, it looked
0: good. i rewound it like is that beer because it looked good wasn't sudsy enough (laughs) (laughs) excuse me you have two scenes that take place in the water one has a male and female and one has a female now how cold is this water in march this and in scotland i presume it's not warm
1: it was freezing um it was um yeah that was tricky um they did so well to do that. Uh, it was cold. It was, uh, I mean, they had, they had a like half a wetsuit on, like from the waist down. Okay. I was one, well, no, because uh, he's naked. It looks like at one point. Yeah. He, when, he walk, when he walks in, he is, but then when it comes yes. back and you only ever see from the waist up, uh, oh, okay. that's tru- because you did a
0: close up. You really take me in close there and kind of, which oh, yeah. I do want to get into a second. I want you to discuss the lighting of that scene for me. With the two people mm. embracing.
1: Where are you? Yeah. Uh uh I am about ooh um about two feet to the left. Okay. <laughs> um because it it was logistically really tricky. Um it was really windy, the the waterfall was really noisy. Um the camera is I mean I want I wanted that shot to be slightly wider. I thought post-up. you might. Uh, uh but the reason I didn't is because literally the camera is backed up against a rock wall uh on the widest lens possible. Um I wanted to have some movement, I wasn't able to do it just and the way the, the, the shelf, the underwater shelf was, um Uh, Nicolette had to very carefully navigate around, uh, on the edge of the shelf. I mean, I think the, I think the first take we did of that, she's trying to be all sexy and alluring and sort of walk sort of alluringly towards him. And she stepped off the shelf and literally went, (laughs) (laughs) disappeared (laughs) under the water. Um, so, (laughs) um, so you've got, you've got that kind of thing to deal with. So the restrictions of where they could, put their feet and position themselves and was really quite tricky. Uh, so a lot of that involved, I, I had a monitor just off camera because I couldn't get close enough to the camera to see what's going on. So I was on this monitor just out of shot, basically kind of talking, well, well, that would have been loudly shouting sort of cues to them Um because you're dealing with safety you're, uh, as well as trying to get the shot. So you want them to be, you want you want to, you don't want to get them in and out of the water. If you get them out and you and you warm them back up and put them back in, that's worse than just leaving them in. Mm-hmm. So you kind of want them to be in there until you've done it all, but you want to only have them in there as if for as small amount of time as possible. So you it's almost like instead of having organized filming, you're kind of recording. The camera is rolling, and you're basically kind of going through it with them. And luckily, there's no dialogue, so it's quite easy no. for to just talk over it, and we'll deal with the sound later. Um, so, yeah, that was that was a that was a fully interactive uh, scene to shoot. Uh, I would so it's always it. tricky when you. There is
0: some emotional dialogue in that scene. There is a cut scene to somebody giving us an emotional
1: dialogue. Oh yes, but that was more controlled, and we shot that later.
0: Yes, of course <laughs> <Fun> it <laughs> is. I know it's not <laughs> the same time. That's fine. Okay, your one lead is always walking through the forest with a short sleeve shirt on. You know uh, what I'm talking about. Well, I, I, the person at the beginning of the film... Oh, oh be, you
1: mean that... Oh, you yes. mean... Oh, right, yeah, 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 of course, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, well, she was well, a body warmer. Um, so she's kind of kitted out for, for hiking, and, you know, the I mean, the minute you go on that kind of a hike, you know, your body warms up and starts, you know, and you know, suddenly you're, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're up in massive layers, I mean, I've got this mass, I had this massive big yeah, winter coat, like a survival type thing that I bought of one of these outdoor stores. And, you know, I'd be roasting after five minutes at once, really? you know, hiking to the location. So uh, she had, it, she had the right kind of gear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all, it's all about, um, you know, keeping your body at the right temperature and, and keeping it there. Um, and you need to be able to kind of cool it, otherwise you just overheat. So but, I, no, do she wonder... was properly, she was properly geared up and insulated in the right way. Oh, now I know for next time I go on a hike
0: that I should. <laughs> that. Um, I think her film is very well paced. I like the first introduction of blood scene. I think that was wonderful. So how did you have fun shooting that? Because I mean, it, it fires out nicely.
1: You're talking. Are you talking about the 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 the, the impalement of the branch? Correct. Yeah, um, yeah, that was that was that was that was tricky. Um, there's a lot of different things going on there. So the had a, uh, our special effects and makeup team um, had all these sort of tubes and so, uh, pumps sort of rigged up Owen's leg. Um, and that would all kind of fire out. Um, so, which was kind of cool. So you get like squirts of it and then it would kind of seep out and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's kind of trial and error. It never works the first time round. Never works the first time around. Um, but I remember in the first meeting we had, uh, with all departments about that, that moment, they, I think everybody assumed that the actor would trip, fall out of shot. You'd hear the, the, the nasty noise and you'd cut. To a close-up of him in position with with it poking out of him, and all the blood and stuff, right? I said, "Oh no, no, no! I want to see this happening in camera." Yeah, it worked great. Uh, yeah, it was a really cheap trick, really cheap trick. Um, obviously, he does all the tripping and falling about, and the shot where he actually falls into where it goes through his leg. I said, "I want a wide shot. I want to see him react as it goes through. I want the audience to feel that. Uh, I don't want to just cut to a close-up of him going." So we ended up, I I came up with this sort of idea. It's like, okay, plant one end of the stick into the ground solidly, put the rip in his trousers, put it just through, have him hold it, and he's sort of half-crouched. So he's sort of crouched forward, uh, and obviously the camera is over here, so he's there, the stick's there, so his leg is blocking the, showing the camera the stick until it pops through. And we basically kind of pulled him up into position and then rolled it and let him fall back, and the blood tubes were in there as well. So he falls back, the stick pops out with a whole load of blood, um, and then you cut. Uh, and it's a really, but it's a really sort of uh, smoking mirrors kind of uh, trick shot, I suppose. But uh, it's effective. See when you hear that oh, in the cinema, effective. that that, that <coughs> I was very nervous about that because I thought this could be funny, and I don't want it. I hope it's not funny. Uh, and then I went to the first showing of it in the cinema. And people see it, it's like, it's kind of preempted because you see them falling back towards at mm-hmm. one point. And you hear people go, uh-oh. And you hear them go, get ready for the, they're tightening up for it. And then it happens yeah. and it's just sort of, ah. <laughs> it's not quite the chest buster from Alien, but you know, it had that kind of, no, uh, it works. People it, saw it coming. It was Don't cool. worry.
0: It works. Um, <laughs> I do thought it was weird that later on we don't have as much blood. It was at conscientious. Like that is a very shocking scene. Everything else is, it's okay.
1: Yeah. That had to be shocking. That had to be the big staple, I suppose. Um, I, it was, it was a fine balance. I kind of said, I don't want to go too cartoony. I want to try and keep it quite. I want, I want the violence to be quite violent in a realistic way where possible. So I don't want to go over the top and just squirt blood for the sake of it. Um, so yeah, we were quite cautious about it. Um, and some scenes are gody than others, uh, You know, the one with the, the act with the, involving the, um, the axe, the climbing axe was, you know, particularly nasty. Um, but yeah, but the film kind of starts off as this sort of the standard slasher that you come to expect and gradually sort of becomes a slightly more cerebral primal survival thriller. So I suppose really we're just responding to the, the tonal shift. And what is going on in each scene. I mean um you know the the like the one scene with the with the with the rope and the hanging sequences, you know, that I wouldn't, that, that wasn't bloody, scene. but that's That is my favorite <laughs> scene in the movie. <laughs> but that's manipulative. You know, that's I loved it. I'm a huge fan of it. It was a nightmare to do, but uh, um but that's Okay, quite, let's,
0: hold on, not let me off that easy. Mm. Let's walk for me through that mm-hmm. then. Because I couldn't figure out how you okay. shot that. I did watch it. Twice. I stopped, rewound it, and watched it again because I loved it. I'm like, I have no clue how he did this one. <laughs> Sometimes I obviously can figure it out. That one, I'm like, no, Ooh. I don't know. Because you shot straight, okay, then up, and then back down, and then a close-up. So I'm like, he shot this two or three times. I can tell you that because you had to get expression oh, from yeah. the actor. I understand that. But I don't understand because I was trying Ooh. to figure out where the rope was tied to because we don't really see the person doing it.
1: No, um, see hands. well, what's, yeah. So she's, well, obviously she's in, she's wearing a body harness. So, you know, our, our you know, our main core is, um, right. you know, strapped into a, into a harness and she's been pulled up, uh, and the, from a rope that's on the, on her back. Uh, you don't see those ropes. We paint them out. They're actually, they're, uh-huh. they're all, there's, there's ropes everywhere. Um, but there's also a prop rope, which is the one you see her pulling on. Uh, and that's put around her neck and it's not attached to anything. Um, it's, but we, what we did was, um, Carter Figgs and our sort of stunt coordinator, um, cut the rope and he basically stitched two ends of this little, to make the noose together with little bits of thread. So, you know, if, Something went wrong and it get snagged on something, it would just fall apart and drop off. So there was no risk of, of the actor ever being, you know, strangled because you're still putting a rope around someone's neck. Um, so that was never attached to anything. Um, and, you know, when they're fight, when they're kind of struggling in those close-ups, uh, it, there's, you know, the actor's holding the back of the rope yeah, and stuff. That and, going, and that's all kind of staged, but, um, and, but yeah, it's really about getting the actor, To distribute her her posture in a way where it looks like the weight is the pull is coming from the back of the neck and not the center of her back. So So that involves quite a bit of cutting, yeah. Uh, Also, certain angles. If it's not straight on to the camera, if she's not straight on, you see if, if the camera if it's like that, you would see the rope like that coming out of her. Uh, which was a problem. So we there's a couple of shots in post production where we had to paint we pick we basically take that rope and move it so it looked like and repositioned it to the back of the neck. Uh, uh-huh. but only in a couple of shots. Most of the shots we might, we got it the way we needed to do it. But um yeah, we basically had to put her in the harness and hang her up a tree for half a day. Ah, uh-huh, so you're tricking with CGI, okay. That <laughs> I feel about it, I couldn't figure
0: it out. Um I think your music <laughs> adds to everything. I think whoever used your composer and you personally putting it in is just wonderful. I think it builds Thank beautifully. You. It never overpowers me at any time, but it definitely is perfect for horror. Like it makes oh, totally. me think constantly. I'm like this music comes in always at the right time. So did you, are you the pacing master or is the, Like who helped you with that? Or is that just your thing?
1: Well, uh, well, I'm very passionate about score, um, but Stephen Wright, my composer, is brilliant at what he does, uh, and as he puts it himself, he is allergic to cliches, <laughs> so he he thinks about things an awful lot, and we, we have lots of conversations, and there's lots of times where I'm with him as he's conceptualising stuff. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a collaboration, but you know, I'm not, I am not a musician, a composer or anything like that at all. I just, I know what feels right, but ultimately so does he. So we more often than not end up with the same, you know, what he presents to me, what I've, the, without having to spell it out, I've, um, he does come out with the same, the right, the right music, uh, what I had in my head. Um, I also temp score as well, but he tries very hard not to, Take any notice of the temp score. <laughs> I think he'll listen to it on the first viewing when i first cut the film and then he will never he will never want to hear it again. He just wants to understand the, the the atmosphere and the tone that I'm heading for. And then he goes, Okay, I know enough, leave me to it and he does his own thing. Um and he's really interested in uh into the 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 the, the emotive side and creating the 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 atmosphere and And it's quite a subdued score, which was very intentional. Uh, I think there's only a couple of times where he's gone for the the, the cliché horror um, sort of jump scare moments because, you know, sometimes you just got to do it.
0: (laughs) Please, if you enjoyed this interview, please give us a rating on Spotify and iTunes. And if you want to be reviewed on the show, it's extrafeatures at gmail.com.